What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I have a special guest coming on today, and I'm super stoked for him to share with you guys specifically because one of the things that I hear a lot is that introverts, it's hard for introverts to be successful on social media. It's hard for us to share, and I say us because, you guys, I am a huge introvert, and so I get it, but I also know what's possible. And so he has an entire book. His name is Matt Johnson. He is an author. He's a marketing agency founder. He's a podcaster. He's a musician. He does so many things and yet he's an introvert. And he, he wrote this book and he has this entire agency that's helping introverts on the online space, be successful and build something that feels good to you. You don't have to become something else, become someone else in order to be successful. And so we're going to dive into that today. He's from, he lives in San Diego. He has an international team that helps business coaches, consultants, and thought leaders. Um, He's just, he's got his hand in a lot of really cool things. So I'm going to bring him on and I'm so excited for us to dig in and really dig deep into social media, specifically, specifically for my introvert friends. Here we go. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you guys. So we have Matt Johnson here with us. And as we dig into all of the meat and everything that I want you guys to be able to hear, I want first for you guys to hear his story. I want you guys to know who he is, where he came from, what he's all about. 
Well, first of all, Micah, thanks for having me. This is going to be awesome. We had a great like chat pre-show. And uh, yeah, I have a really odd, interesting story because I'm like the least entrepreneur ever. Uh, I was a homeschooled pastor's kid uh, that was planning to go into either ministry or music or both. Um, I started a real estate team in my mid-20s. That was my dabbling with entrepreneurialism. And then that was had the great timing of happening in like 07. So I shut that down. And then I chased <laughs> the dream as a pro musician for like five years. And uh, after that, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I bounced around and it took me a while to figure it out. So anyway, about six years ago, I joined a marketing agency and that changed my life. Uh, I started to get around people that were really successful. I got introduced to a lot of influencers uh, in, in the real estate space in that particular case. And uh, one of them pitched me on the idea of starting a podcast together. And it just took off. It went really well. That's called Real Estate Uncensored. Um, hits like 1.5 million downloads. And it's just, it was a blast. And it, it basically made me, it took me from a guy that was just working at an agency to being micro famous in that space in 18 months. Like from the time awesome. that podcast started to me, you know, speaking at an event all the, on the other side of the country to a packed out breakout rooms, 18 months. Uh, yeah, it just, it completely turned my world upside down. All the good things that happened uh, in my life since then were a result of just the, that sequence of, of decisions, you know, first getting into something where I finally felt like I fit and it fit my skill set and my my personality and all that fun stuff. And then just the fact that the podcast took off and, and it essentially like made me known in that space that made just a, just a huge difference in my life. And then everything was, was essentially piggybacking off of that. But, uh, so where I am today, I run an agency. We, we launch and produce podcasts for experts. So typically business coaches, consultants, that type of person, uh, you know, business book authors. And, uh, we only sell one thing to one kind of person, which is amazing for like, as the business owner, cause I can run the agency in about four hours a week. And I don't have the experience that most agency owners have of like constantly putting out fires and having to apologize to clients and all that stuff. Cause we don't do 17 different things. Yeah. We just do the one thing. And so I have a very nice, beautiful, systematic, profitable business that I actually enjoy. It gives me a great lifestyle. And now I'm able to, you know, like my whole keyboard and drum rig, rig and all that stuff is sitting over there. Like I'm able to actually spend time on music now because my business doesn't suck up all of my time and energy in 70 hours a week. So that's kind of where I'm at now and a little bit about where I come from. I love it. So you mentioned Microfamous. You mentioned you became Microfamous and that's what your book is called. That's what you have a podcast that's called Microfamous. Dig into that a little bit. What does Microfamous mean? And like, how can someone achieve that? So the definition of microfamous is to become famously influential to the right people, right? Not everyone. Like we don't need all the eyeballs on our content. I remember doing yes. a live um, here a couple months ago and I just made an offhand comment about Gary Vee and how like his obsessive 100% focus is on the question, how can I get the maximum number of eyeballs on my content? just so happened one of the people attending that live was on Gary V's team and has sat in those meetings and said, you're absolutely right. That is his number so one funny. question. I'm like, all right. So I know what's going on. I know, I know what the Gary V's of the world are thinking. And the problem is when you get down to the rest of us, right? The, the ones that are not working 12 hours a day, you've got families or maybe like me, like I, you know, I don't have kids, but I've got autoimmune disorder you know, issues. Like I, I can't work 12 hours a day to save my yeah. life. Who wants um, to anyways? And who wants to anyways? Yeah, I like to do other things with my life. And so there's just that you really can't follow too much of their advice. It's not that it doesn't work. It just, it only works for them and people right. that are like them. And uh, so in my experience, like the whole thing about becoming micro famous is we don't need everyone. We just need the right people. And once you realize that, it kind of sets you free from just that whole, 
social media rat race of trying to get the maximum number of eyeballs, well, then it changes what you need to talk about. It becomes less about following the trends and trying to figure out, well, what are people talking about that's getting the maximum number of attention? The question becomes, what do my people actually care about? Just, yeah. just the people that I'm actually the most excited to serve because they care about different things than what the masses care about. And so uh, to me, microfamous is that state of being not just influential, like influential means when you speak, people listen and they take your advice. And the best way to be influential is to be famously influential to the point where people go, oh, I know who Matt is and I take his advice because he's an authority in that space. And, um, and then the, the right people is only the people that you really care deeply about serving and impacting. I think if people just... Uh, focus more on becoming micro-famous, they would get what they actually want, which is a nice, profitable, simple, beautiful business that they love, yeah. right? And doesn't suck up all their time and energy. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's what the average business owner or the average network marketer, that's what we all want. We don't want to necessarily be Gary V. We just think we have to do what Gary V does to get where we want to go. And I'm I'm here to say, no, that's, that's just, it's just never been true. I love it. So lots of our listeners are growing businesses online. Lots of our businesses are or lots of our listeners are social sellers. They're building a brand around themselves, but they also have this same product as all of the other distributors or all the other coaches or whatever business they're in. How does one really, really find their voice and their messaging and that thing that's going to help them speak to the people they want to speak to? Um, how, do, how do you get clear on that? How do you niche down? Well, that, that's a great question because that's exactly what it is. It's niching down. So, and I, just from speaking a lot in the real estate space, they feel like they have the same problem. Now, yeah. some of it's self-created because they choose not to specialize in anything. And if you can do that, if you can find a specialty, that'll help a lot. But let's say even within your specialty, you're still selling and promoting relatively the same products. Okay. There's something about you, your background, your personality, your interests, your hobbies, whatever. There's something where other people feel a sense of camaraderie with you, right? You belong to some other group other than just what you sell. Yep. Uh, that's where I would angle. So I'll give you an example. One of our longtime listeners to our real estate podcast just started her own show called The Creative Real Estate Agent, if I remember right, The Creative Real Estate Agent. And she interviews people that are in real estate who also are artists, musicians, you know, uh, and they're doing something creative on the side in addition to the real estate career. So she's building an audience around something that she's passionate about, which is expressing your creativity, and she's building an audience of people that care about that in addition to the fact that she's in real estate. And that's the best advice I could give to anyone that's, that's listening. If you feel like you sell a commodity, you might, you know, if you're promoting the same products that other people are promoting. Um, but you can still find something about your personality and you can package yourself around that one thing yeah. and go out and speak to an audience of people that care about that same thing. And people will develop that know, like, and trust factor with you, even if on the back end, the products that you're promoting are the same. I love it. So it's way, I mean, we've heard this before. It's way less about doing and being all the things. It's just being really good at one or two things, like really good. And those really good things are generally the things that tug on your heart. Anyways, you don't have to go out and search for them. It's what do you naturally want to show up and share today? What do you naturally want to, what message are you wanting to repeat over and over and over and over and over? that's the thing you, you do, you don't have to do it. You don't, I think lots of people get overwhelmed with what content do I create? How do I, how do I have something new to share every single day? And that's the, 
just kind of the era that we're in with social media is showing up every day with something new, with something relevant, with something fresh. And that can be scary and daunting, especially for a new entrepreneur that's just entering the space. Yeah, it is. It can be daunting. I mean, there's there's a couple of things you can do to kind of shrink the um, uh, kind of shrink the complexity down. Um, I talk about it uh, in the book, you know, just build one platform first. You know, it's yeah. uh, that's I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is even if you've decided, hey, social media is my place and I'm going to I'm going to build an audience by elbow grease. Right. Great. That doesn't mean you have to build an audience on five different places all yeah. at the same time. You know, it's like um, it's funny because the Gary V's and Grant Cardone's of the world have been very, very successful at convincing us all that just because there's people on another platform, they're not anywhere else. And if you're not there, you'll miss out. And they've also convinced us of this weird idea, which is that whatever audience you build in one place, if you build an audience somewhere else, then automatically that's like, that's additive. It's like, it's, it's in addition to, it's like, well, not necessarily. If you never hit the tipping point on any one of those platforms, what you really did is you never built a big audience anywhere. And yeah, you might have a thousand people here and a thousand people there. That's not a thousand people you couldn't have got on your one platform to begin with. If you just stayed dedicated, stayed consistent you know, I love what you talk about, just the, the unsexy habits. Um, when it comes to social media, that's the unsexy part. Yep. The unsexy part is building on one platform and making sure that you're good at it. You understand why your people are there. You create content that's made for them and you don't get distracted by the next new platform that comes along to the point where you lose sight of the unsexiness of serving the people that you already have. Yeah, so I love it. So as I want you to speak directly to the things that you've learned as far as marketing and putting yourself out there as an introvert, like, are (laughs) there, are there setbacks? Are there things that you've learned that have been helpful? Like, cause I think that's one of the biggest fears is so much of the opportunity out there anymore is online. Like, sure. There's, there's so many different things people can do now from home to make money and additional income and, and serve people and make an impact. But the majority of it is putting yourself out there, having a space in your little corner of the internet. And that's scary to some people. So how does the introverted person continue to have success in an industry that's like that? Well, so that there's a couple of realities to remember about social media that I think if you, if you recognize kind of what's going on, it'll free you up a little bit, right? Because you're not, you're not in competition with everybody and social media is shifting to favor the extreme social butterflies. So the message that we get from the Gary Bees of the world is be a social butterfly or be irrelevant. And that may be true. Like, like social media, there's no denying it. Like they're, they're squashing a lot of stuff in the algorithm that's thoughtful, relaxed, you know, the kinds of things that people read and they go, you know, that's really interesting. That gets no traction on social media anymore. Totally. Just doesn't exist. Right. So the, so social media has kind of thrown in their lot. Like they've decided, Hey, they want us all to be extreme social butterflies. They want us to be creating content for two or three hours a day and then engaging in real time with our audience as much as possible. Cause that creates ad inventory that they can sell. So yeah. I get it. Like it's a business decision. But once you realize that that's the dynamics of what's going on, there's a couple of things you can do on an, as an introvert. Number one, you can look for the types of content that suit your strengths. 
And I'll give you an example. So I'm an introvert, right? Now I'm not a shy, quiet one, as you can see. I have I'm very opinionated and have no problem <laughs> sharing it. Um, so so being an introvert isn't about that anyway. Right. But if but if you are an introvert, uh, there are there is some sort of content that you can find on social media that does suit your strength. So a lot of introverts are like me, where we love to have in depth conversations, and that's why I'm drawn to podcasting. Yeah. However. My, I didn't actually start in podcasting. I started in live video on Google Hangouts. And then we were one of the first that got like an, an early integration into a software that did Facebook Live before Facebook Live had their own uh, integration into it. So I was one of the very first to like be on Facebook Live with my show. And it worked great as an introvert. So there are, there's always something. Um, you know, you can have you can have stories that are you know, that are designed behind the scenes and then scheduled and posted. You know, you can kind of schedule them on the fly. Um, you know, you don't have to do all the things that extroverts tell you that you need to do. You definitely don't need to do all of the, you know, uh, like if you're uncomfortable sending cold DMs, then don't, uh, sure. put out content that people care about and then watch who comments. And then you follow up only with the people that comment. So there's, there's, you know, there's always something in social media. If you poke around a little bit and you watch how your people use it, then you can find those opportunities to put out content that you're comfortable with that suits you as an introvert. And then the key to like, especially in network marketing, if you're trying to turn that into sales, the key is you got to turn it into actual real conversations with another human being. Yeah. And so you've got to move it over into messenger somehow. And if people get a hold of that, like you just realize that, hey, just watch, watch the people that comment on your stuff. You know, you don't have to cold DM everybody, but if you watch the people that comment and you interact with them and then you move that from the comment section over into the message section, you'll start getting interest and you'll start getting people that want to jump on the phone and then all the good things happen from there. So um, there's always an answer. There's always a tactic that works for introverts. You just have to experiment a little bit to find those things you're comfortable with. Yeah. And I, funny story when I started, so I, <laughs> I was like super anti MLM network marketing. I had so many bad tastes in my mouth from how people had approached me online that I was like, ew, just so like, ew, I don't want to do this. Well, then I fell in love. I'm a, I'm a coach with Beachbody. So then I fell in love with the products, the lifestyle, the programs, the everything about it. And I'm like, I can't not share this. So it was a very authentic how I got into it. But when I started to learn how to reach out to others and how to actually start sharing it, I 100% led with, I don't want to do it this way, this way, this way, this way. That feels gross. I don't want to do that. But so how am I going to do this? And I literally just kind of paved my own way of what felt good to Micah. It wasn't what's working for Sarah, what's working for Allie. What, yeah. what are they saying I need to do? It was, what do I feel good about? And how can I do this in a way that feels good to me? Well, yeah. now it's been eight years and I'm still just as in love with it as I was when I started. And it doesn't, it's not black or white. And I think that's what a lot of you might need to hear is there's no one way to do what you're doing. There's no one way to be successful. There's no one way to reach all of the goals that you want. You've got to be resourceful and you've mm -hmm. got to be truly authentic to what feels good to you. Because if you, if you try to show up and do things that feel that have that resistance, that it, it's a struggle every day. Yes. You can only do those things for so long before yep. you're like, screw it. This is not worth it. It feels gross every day. And I'm, I'm not here for that. So I love that you're like, there is a way to do it. And there's a way to be successful. You just gotta, you just gotta find it and you gotta figure out what works for you. Cause that's a hundred percent true. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. I, I didn't, 
it, it took me a long time to figure that out for myself, but it's, I wish I'd started that, you know, mentality 20 years ago. Um, yeah. and it, yeah, if there's, if there's one thing extroverts are really good at, it's convincing other people that they're right. Right. <laughs> and I love those people. They're some of my best friends. I love them to <laughs> death. But they're really good at convincing people that their way is the right way to do it. And introverts are going, that sounds exhausting and terrible yeah. and into inauthentic and fake. But we look at that and go, well, maybe I should be trying that stuff. And then you try it and you're like, man, this still doesn't, it's not just me. It just doesn't feel good. Well, just know yeah. that you're not alone. But yeah, that, that's a really good mentality to kind of carry around in life. Is that where, wherever you want to go, whatever strengths and weaknesses you might think you have, there's always a way to get the results that you want. You just got to find what works for you. And as an introvert, um, it's yeah, that's that's a very that's a much more empowering way to look at the world. Um, you know, I, I like I happen to stumble across you know the the ecosystem of podcasting, and that worked really well for me as an introvert. You might find something different works for you. Um, that's okay too. It, it may not be podcasting, but there's plenty of other, even within social media, there's plenty of other avenues or tactics that will work for you as an introvert. It's a matter of experimenting with what feels good and, and what, you know, what resonates with other people. So you as an introvert might find you serve a different crowd of people than those who are drawn to the extroverts. You, you know, you talk differently, uh, maybe you're more thoughtful, you're more introverted in your approach. They may be, you know, they're going to resonate with that more than they are with the, the extreme social butterfly anyway. And yeah. so you might find that actually leads to your tribe of people. So I think it's just, it's a matter of having that kind of approach that no, whatever it is, whatever the challenge is, there is a way around this. It's not a question of if it can be done. It's just a matter of finding the right key that unlocks the door. Yeah, totally. I love it. And I was listening to some of your podcasts earlier you talk about evergreen. I can't remember what you evergreen content or evergreen where it stays. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is something that introverts probably overlook because what's so in your face is stories. Um, yeah. like be, be present in stories, be engaging in your stuff, like all the time. And those things are going away where introverts, if you're like, Hey, I have an hour or I have two hours to spend today on my business, to create content, to connect with my audience, to serve those evergreen, what do you call them? Um, that's a good question. Cause I, yeah, I, I use the term evergreen a little bit, but not, a, not a ton. Um, I mean, I, I talk about how things like podcasting and YouTube video have a long yes. shelf life, right? Yeah. So I'll give an example. So on my real estate podcast, we started that in 2015. I was looking at my YouTube stats the other day. Cause we, like a lot of those early episodes were streamed live to YouTube first. We still get hundreds of views a month on videos from 2015, 16, 17. Like, I don't even remember what we talked about in those videos. It's been that long. Uh, and we still get hundreds of people coming in. Over the years of that, you know, I would say over the course of about two years of growth on YouTube, our podcast put 4,000 people into our email list for, you know, quote That's unquote awesome. free. Uh, just from, you know, the traffic and then sending people from the YouTube video into our email list. And so if you're an introvert, um, where everybody else is focused on building a, a social media audience. If I were an introvert in, uh, in most spaces, I would focus obsessively on building my email list, which I yes. do. Right. So could, to me, that's the, the better asset. And I would focus on building content that's searchable that people will still care about five years from now. Um, I'm a big fan of like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger quotes. And, and there's, there's, I, it, it's hard to find, but I found a quote from Warren Buffett one time saying, look, we bet on things not changing 
I'm not constantly looking for the things that change. I bet on the things that don't change. And that's what I did with my marketing and my business is I built it around the stuff that doesn't change. Uh, while everybody else on social media is looking to build their business around this stuff that does change because they're trying yeah. to find some, some edge, some unfair advantage. The thing is that those are always fleeting. They might last for a month. You know, if you, if you get onto the next hip tactic or, you know, like when, when Instagram reels first came out, if you were the first one to jump on that, great. You get a little bit of a bump for a month or two, everybody else catches up and then it's not the next new thing anymore. And that, that advantage goes away. Right. Uh, I think introverts are much more comfortable building our business and our lives around stuff that doesn't change. There's a sense of security and stability that I think we probably really enjoy knowing that, Hey, I'm building my business around stuff. That's going to be the same five years from now, not different. Yeah. I love it. And there's, and I love that you mentioned the email list. Cause that's something that, I mean, it's scary to think like, what if, and like, what if Instagram shut your account down tomorrow? What mm -hmm. if Facebook closed your account tomorrow? It happens. It happens. Like I hear about it all the time from people mm -hmm. freaking out. I can't get in. I'm locked out. They've shut it down. Blah, blah, blah. I was hacked. I lost everything. Do you have a business if you don't have your social media? Because if yeah. you don't have a business outside of that, then that's something that you need to really, 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 really figure out ASAP. Yeah, it's like taking a quick TV type out to make sure that you guys know that I have some free goodies for you. So as a listener, I just want to show my appreciation and thank you so much for showing up weekly to hear from the guests that we have to take just all of these nuggets away and apply them into your life. I want to celebrate you. And in order to do that, I also want to make sure that you're getting value that is relevant to where you're at in your life. So in order to get the freebies, go to micafolsomfit.com slash D Y C for do your crap. micafolsomfit.com slash D Y C. And you can put in your email there and get access to the goodies. You will get a 50% off promo code to any of my mini workshops, and you will also get a freebie depending on what you want, whether you're a mom that wants to experience more joy in life that needs help on her health journey, wants tips and nuggets and value and motivation, whether you're a business owner that's trying to work through some mindset stuff and feel confident in what you have and how you want to serve or whether you're in the network marketing space and you really want to gain confidence around recruiting, around onboarding, around mentoring your team, I have a free goodie for you. So make sure you go to that link, grab it. And that will also get you access to my weekly emails where I send inspiration, motivation, nuggets, value, things that I'm learning, things that I'm teaching. And I just want to be that voice in your back pocket that on the weeks that are hard on the weeks that you're just not feeling it, maybe that email pops through and you go, okay, thanks, Micah. I got this. Thanks for the reminder. That is what my weekly emails are for, because we all need that positive voice that we should carry around with us everywhere. So go get on the list, go grab your freebie and let's get back to the show. Like, um, and people, and people say, oh, that's a waste of time to think that way. And I'm like, Hey, like everything, if you jump off a building, it feels like you're flying for about 99% of the time until you hit right? the bottom. That, that's what it's like, like building your entire, entire business around social media is you yeah. feel like you're flying. Cause I mean, to me that like social media is, and I hate it. Like it's, it's a, it's harsh, but it's kind of like this, the junk food of marketing right? It's a, it's a short-term dopamine hit that can absolutely bring you leads and conversations. The question is, where does it go from there? 
And you, you'd be shocked. Like I, I interview a lot of people and I've talked to a lot of pe the people over the years and people that have Instagram followings, three, four, 500,000, they don't make a dime off of it. People that have yeah. millions of podcast downloads don't, can't make a dime off of it. Once you have enough of those conversations and you realize that it's not really about the audience size, it's about the quality of the business behind it, then you kind of free yourself up a little bit from chasing that. And you realize, okay, yeah. well, it's not about the number of people, it's about the quality. And if you start with the quality first, then you're, I think you're going to be a f way ahead of most people. And I think introverts are probably even more drawn to that quality over quantity yeah. approach because we don't want to have unnecessary conversations that drain our energy. We just don't. True that. hundred <laughs> percent. You mentioned um, in one of your episodes that, and it was right along these lines, you're, you mentioned the difference between attention versus influence. Yeah. And I think that is something that so many new entrepreneurs that are building on social media, they chase the attention, they chase the engagement, they chase, they, they chase the number of likes, they chase the number of followers. I want to get more eyeballs. I want to get more of this. And yes, it's really great to grow the eyeballs because you can help more people when they're seeing what's going on. But if you're only posting things to get likes and, and attention, but you have no amount of influence over these people. They don't know who you are. They don't know your story. They don't connect with your message. You don't have anything of value that can happen after the fact. So mm -hmm. I think just identifying your social space and understanding what it's there for is really a breath of fresh air because then it takes that pressure off of like, oh, well, I only have a thousand followers that's okay. I have a thousand people who want to see my stuff. I have a thousand people who I can impact today, who I can share my message with. And you stop chasing that huge number and that kind of validation of how many likes mm -hmm. you're getting, how many comments you're getting, how many, whatever. Cause I think that's a huge roadblock for entrepreneurs is that comparison game of, well, I'll never make it because I only have this many followers. I only have this many likes, you know, and mm -hmm. that, that can be really, really just a huge setback for a lot of social media. Yeah, it's uh, I have uh, one of our clients where we launched their podcast. Uh, his kids give him a hard time because his YouTube videos <laughs> get you know X number of views, whatever it is, like 100 views or whatever, and they're watching kids' videos of people unpackaging oh toys that get millions. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's running a $2.3 million group coaching business. That's incredible. He's like, I, I only need a handful of people to watch my videos because they're the right people. I don't put out yeah. content that attracts the wrong people. So if people are watching my videos, he's like, I know they're the right people. So I only need I a few it. of those and to get into my group coaching program. And I'm happy. The YouTube channel is doing and the podcast is doing great. Uh, so I, I, I love it when people take more of that approach and just have yeah. that security. You don't, you don't need everybody. You just need the right people. Um, talking about the attention and influence thing is really interesting because I was talking with one of my uh, clients. So we produced the Boss Mom podcast, right? So I was talking to Dana, the host of that show. And someone in her community has this amazing financial program and they got themselves, her and her husband got themselves out of debt. She now runs a membership to teach the people how to do that same thing. So she's been talking a lot in her you know, Instagram stories about how um, they're fixing up their RV. And my client kind of asked her and was like, well, are you, did you mention how that connects to your membership and the fact that you're fixing up an RV and you're going to take your entire family out because you followed your own principles that you teach in your membership? And she's like, no, I should <laughs> probably start doing that. So yeah, like we get so caught up in like trying to get attention that we forget there's, there is no value in attention unless right. it's actually being used to build our influence. And we get so caught up in the attention that we forget to tell people either what we do 
or we forget to share our point of view and our bold opinions that actually build our credibility with people and, and give them some aha moments. And if we don't do that, then all the attention in the world, it just doesn't lead anywhere. They just, yeah. you know, they, they see our story, they interact and then bam, it's on to the next one and they forget about us. Yeah, so true. And I think a lot of, a lot of building a business in general is really helping people connect from point A to B. So if they connect with your story and they, and they connect with who you are and they want to follow you along, well, great. But what's like, what's in it for them? How are they going to, how are they going to grow or how are they, how is their life going to improve because they're watching you for so long, right? Because someone's only going to stick around for a matter of time. They're either going to get bored or they're going to start working with you and start Mm -hmm. like actually engaging in what, what you've got going on. So it is that remembering that as you're sharing on social media and as you're sharing whatever content you're also connecting the dots for them because lots of times they're not doing that for themselves they're not people will be shocked if they knew how little of of the connecting the dots was going on (laughs) um yeah like even even if you're selling like let's say your um lifestyle coach business coach you know health coach whatever um what most people make the mistake of doing is saying like hey if you follow me if you work with me i'm going to make you help you make progress and it's just kind of this undefined and go, I'm just going to help you get better. Yeah. Uh, what people want is they want to know what's the point A and what's the point B, right? Like, like you mentioned, what is the point A and point B? What's the destination you're going to take me to? And what's the pain and cost involved in getting there? That's what I want to know. Yeah. And then I can decide whether it's worth it to endure the pain and cost to get to that point B that you're selling me on. Um, and so that all starts with really knowing who the right people are. If you never make that decision and you're trying to talk to everybody, you can't really ever give somebody a point A and a point B. You don't even know what point A is. You don't even know where right. they're at now because you're trying to work with too many different types of people. Once you make the decision of who to work with and you know exactly who the right people are, you at least know where point A is. Okay, I know where they're at. I know what their fears and concerns are. Then the next question is, okay, where am I leading them? Where do I want to take them? And can you put that into clear black and white terms? Point A, the point B this is what I'm going to do to get you there. Do you want to come along on the ride with me? Here's how much it costs. Let's, let's get rolling. Um, that, that gives something very easy for people to say yes or no to. Right. And that's, that's one of the biggest things in sales is just make it easy for people to say yes. And so many people don't, they make it confusing and they make it hard to say yes. Well, yeah, we make it confusing. And we feel like when we really hone in on who we want to talk to, we're we're not talking to so many people. So that's scary, especially for a new entrepreneur. That's like, but I just need people to work with, to get this going. I don't want to like block out all of these potential prospects when really, when you're talking to everyone, you are talking to no one because no one is hearing exactly what you need to be saying in order for them to take action. So hundred percent and, and introverts, especially like if you're not, if you don't have this radiant magnetic personality that jumps off of Instagram at people, uh, you can't talk to everybody. Like yeah. the only people that works for is the Gary V's of the world because they suck people in with the force of their personality. You know, I always marveled. You remember like the uh, American Idol auditions? Oh, yeah. There's just some people they would step on out on the stage and they're, they had no right to have this, but their confidence and their personality <laughs> extends to the back row of the auditorium. Oh, yeah. Like those are the people that succeed on social media just by kind of being themselves. Yeah. If you're, if you're not that person following their advice is a terrible idea because they have no idea how they did it and they have no idea that it's mostly their personality that's working. So all yeah. their tactical stuff doesn't matter. Uh, if you're an introvert, especially, and your personality just doesn't jump off the screen off of an, off of an Instagram story, 
the the answer is to get really really clear and focused with your message this is who i help this is how where we help you get and this is exactly how i do it and then what that does is yeah it rejects some people but the people that you're right for they're like holy cow where have yeah. you been all my life yeah like that's the response you should get if you can if you can focus to the point where you kind of shut out the noise shut out the the drive to get everybody and you can focus on just the right people, then you can come up with a message that gets that response. Yep. That's the way to cut through the noise on social media. I love it. I love that focus. Cause we can all do that. We can all, we need to just, just not be scared to repel the wrong people and you'll attract the right people when you're very, very clear. And that's mm -hmm. something that becomes so refreshing and so much easier to show up that way instead of being like oh crap i'm going to i'm going to kind of rub this group of people the wrong way so i can't say that and i'm going to i'm going to turn these people away so i can't say that so what can i say and then you're so restricted yeah. in this box of like trying to do it right for everyone and you can't just truly share what you believe in so yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, if you're not willing to repel, you're not going to magnetically attract like those two things are. They're just two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So you can tell how attractive your marketing is and how attractive your message is by how much it's repelling. And if it's not repelling anybody, then you're not really saying anything that strongly draws people either. So it's a good barometer. It's a little gauge, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, it just there. there's a really good question that I, I just kind of stumbled onto years ago. And it helped me really define who the right people are that I wanted to serve. And that was this. I asked myself, look, if one of my clients drops into San Diego and texts me and says, hey, Matt, let's get together for coffee or a drink. Let me, let me buy a drink. Who do I want to get that text from? Versus who do I not want to get that text from, right? <laughs> yeah. That, that immediately clarified, okay. Like, because I had, a, you know, the same thing every freelancer does. I had a mishmash yeah. of clients. I said yes yeah. to a lot of different things. I was in four different businesses at, at one point. And I realized, okay, that question clarified exactly who I want to spend my time with. Now I know who, who do I want to hang out with? Who am I passionate about serving? Now I can restructure everything in my business and my marketing around speaking only to those people. That was hugely helpful. I love it. You talk about... Um... When we were chatting earlier, you talk about how you want to be able to fit everything that you do in your business between 25 and 30 hours a week. And if you can't do that, you've taken on too much. You need to kind of clear things off. At what point did you start to really hone in on that? Cause I feel like, especially when you're growing something new, sometimes you like, you feel like you have to get through the grind and you have to do all this stuff and you have to be going a million miles a minute. Did you have to go through that in your experience as an entrepreneur? Did you have to go through that season of really grind and hustle to get to this place of more freedom with your time and your energy and all that stuff? Or did you just really identify early? Like, this is how I'm going to do it. This is what it's going to look like. And we're going to fit in everything that I need to in this space. What did your kind of journey look like? Uh, I had to go through the pain. <laughs> of <laughs> of saying yes to too many things and walking out of too many meetings being the one that had the longest to-do list and the, <laughs> and the pain, the pain, I had to go through the pain of that. That's what broke it, right? So, so when you're good at what you do, whatever that happens to be, you're going to get a lot of opportunities and you're going to get yeah. lots of people that get, Hey, let's do something together. Awesome. That should happen. Say yes to a bunch of things, throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks, but yeah. that'll get you to a certain place. And it got me to a certain place. 
uh, a lot of times it gets freelancers to the point where they're making, you know, high five figures or six figures a year. That's what it got me to is, you know, six figures. So I'm like, great. Now I've said yes to all this stuff. I'm in four different businesses. Oh my God, please make this stop now. And that's yeah. when I kind of figured out who my right person was. I figured out what kind of business I wanted to run. And I realized, okay, if I'm going to throw my heart and soul really into one thing, then it's got to be the one thing where I have the most control and I get the most reward when it goes right. I'm like, well, yeah. none of the partnerships I'm in fit that bill. So bam, 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 bam you know, get out of all the partnerships I'm in. Yeah. And, um, that's when I started to realize that it wasn't that it wasn't that I had to necessarily go through a, a hustle phase to get to the point where I could start saying no, like my agency, like I, I just by being focused, um, I was already at the point where like my living expenses were taken care of. Even after I got all out of all those other businesses, I could have, I could have had that focus the entire time. If I would have just said right. no along the way and just focused on building one thing, I could have done the whole thing and never worked more than 30 hours a week the entire time. The reason I worked so many more hours than that was all the other stuff I said yes to that turned out to never make me any money, yeah. suck up all of my time and some of my <laughs> best thinking and strategy and all that stuff. And it never really yielded anything. And I think people get into this, those situations a lot. Introverts specifically will get into that situation where we get in with an extrovert because the conversations are fun, the camaraderie, the team partnership sense is so fun. They are like, I want to build something together. And yeah. then you get into a year of it and you're like, this is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I know a lot of people like that, and I was one of them. That I had to get out of all those agreements and go. No, I like I have to have the confidence to stand on my own and go. I'm going to go all in on the one thing I have control over, mm -hmm. and that was scary. But you know, I could have I could have worked no more than 30 hours a week that whole time. So now that I get jettisoned all that other stuff, well, then I was able to go. Okay, now no more calls on Monday. Uh, okay, now no more calls on afternoons, period, ever. So um, so basically now I work the same schedule seven days a week. I work in the morning. You know, on the weekdays I'll have calls. On the weekends I just do my own stuff. But yeah. I work in the mornings. Anything in the afternoon is optional. I virtually never schedule a call in the afternoon. That's my thinking, planning, what, you know, catch up on email time, whatever. If I do any work, it's all optional. Uh, and that has changed my life. Right. Because as someone that only has four or five hours of energy to work my to do my best work a day anyway, that's all I'm expecting myself to do anymore. I love it. I love it. And I love just your whole story. I feel like lots of us crave that freedom to choose how you spend your day, to choose how you spend your time, to choose how you spend your life. But what I found is most people aren't willing to get through that first phase whatever right. it looks like. I feel like there's always, no matter what you're doing, when you're building something new and when you're striving to really take ownership of your life and take control of your situation, it's not always going to feel good. It's not always going to look exactly how you think it should look and feel exactly how you think it should feel. And you have to allow yourself to go through some of that in order to truly appreciate once you do reach the point where you have complete time and freedom and all the things. So I just hope because I went through that state, I went through like the hustle stage for sure. And I was doing it, raising my kids while my husband was in vet school. And like, I was doing, trying to do all the things, but that's when I learned how to say no to anything that did not like go in alignment with my key priorities that did not move us forward towards the goals we had. And I had to get so disciplined with that. And I wouldn't have learned that otherwise I wouldn't have learned where my joy was found and all of those things. So it didn't always feel good, but I think you need to experience that stuff and you need to have 
a clear vision of where you want to go and what you want to do and how you do want it to feel in order to continue working towards those things, because you can't just, I mean, anyone knows that you're not just going to show up and have success out of the gate. You're going to have to go through some of that, some of that grind. Yeah, that is a hundred percent true. Uh, there's, there's no way out of that, the hustle phase. The question is, are you going to, to dabble, I guess, to where, you know, to where you do have to spend, like the only way it would work is if you spent 10 or 12 hours a day at it, or do you take a step back, breathe and think through some, some better strategy to the point where your few hours of work a day is highly leveraged, highly targeted, highly specific. And then yes, you're hustling during that time, but that doesn't mean you're hustling Gary V style and never seeing your family like that. To me that I just don't think that's realistic for most people. And if you tell people that's the answer, most of them are going to walk away and go, well, I, maybe I'm just not cut out for it. Totally. And I don't, I don't think that's the, the, the reality. It isn't that you're not cut out for it. It's that that's just bad advice for most people. Yeah. Um, so the key is to just hustle in the time frames when you hustle and then whew, completely disengage. Like don't like, and I have a trouble with that too, because I'm always thinking about the business, but the more that I can completely disengage and rest when I come back, my work is better and things Same. work better. You know, so yeah, like just com- compress the time period. You know, if you think you're, you're, you know, something's going to take you eight hours a week, give yourself four and challenge yourself to get it done in that time. And most of the time we can do it. And then you realize, okay, well, it's not about hustling all the time. It's about hustling in these small compressed time frames and doing your best work and then go hang out with your family. Yeah, totally. Working smarter, not harder, like hundred mm-hmm. percent really identifying what are the most essential things, what actually matters in whatever you're growing, whatever you're building what actually matters today do those things forget the rest be with your family live your life like be joyful i think so many i think entrepreneurs get into that headspace of like i am on all the time i have to be on i have to be connected to my phone i have to be just because someone can reach you 24 7 doesn't mean you should be reachable 24 7. so it's really just setting your own boundaries around what that looks like when you're going to do certain things And I think the whole social media rat race and even building a business online in general, we put ourselves into our own corners by answering messages at all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Then people come to expect that and they come, you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, just really, I want you guys listening to give yourself permission to say, okay, what do I want this to look like? When am I going to do this? What is it going to look like every single day? How am I going to make it joyful for me and then do it that way? Because no matter what, like I said earlier, if you hate it, you're not going to show up the next day. You're just not. So you can do it all. You can do the most important things and be a great mom or dad and be a great this when you're only doing the things that matter most. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I love it. Okay. I'm super stoked. I'm going to get, I know you said you can get your book. Tell, tell everyone where they can get your book. Cause I want them to get their hands on it. Yeah. You can actually go to get and I'll, I'll send you a free digital copy. Um, I mean, if you're a print version uh, person, uh, absolutely go to Amazon and pick up a copy there, but yeah, I can get it for free just on getmicrofamous.com. I love it. And where else can they find you? Your podcast, your social, where can they get their hands on it? Well, that's the, yeah, that, that website just has links out to everything else. Cool. Um, and uh, that's probably the best way to keep track because uh, it's you can get the, the 
the Microfamous podcast is on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. That's where I do a weekly episode that kind of dives into the strategy of becoming Microfamous and the nuts and bolts of how to do it. So that's really where I'm active. I'm, I'm actually not that active on social media. You can message me on Facebook and I'll respond, but I'm not, I'm not spending all my time posting content. I really funnel that effort and that energy into delivering one really high quality podcast episode a week. I love it. I love it. I think this is just going to be so good for people to hear just how to do things a little bit differently. Like- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You, your social media is so in your face and it's so this is working. This is changing. Get on the board with this. And it's like, ah, how do I keep up? So Matt is such a breath of fresh air that no matter what business you're in, you can do it in however feels best for you. You can do it in a different way. You can figure out what works. And it really just comes down to identifying what message you have, identifying how you want to reach your audience, identify where your audience is hanging out and where you can make the most impact. Because just because you're showing up in your stories 24 seven, doesn't mean that you're offering any sort of just real value that they can cling onto. And then they can take the next step and connect those dots. All right, you guys. So thank you so much for hanging out today, Matt. I feel like you brought so much value. I'm super stoked for our audience to connect with you um, and to find your stuff and to get your book. I think this is going to be just kind of a sigh of relief for a lot of people who feel like they can't show up a certain way. They can't, they don't have it within them to do it. And I hope that you guys that are feeling that way right now in your business are hearing that you just don't need to. Just, you just don't need to be something different, be someone else in order to reach the success you want. You just need to be resourceful in how you approach it. So new way of thinking, new things to dive into. I'm super excited. Matt, thanks again for hanging out. If you guys found value in this, make sure you share your favorite 15 second snippet on Instagram, tag me, tag Matt. Matt, where would they tag you? Is it Microfamous? It is. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. At Microfamous so he can see what you guys found valuable. All right. And we will see you guys back here next week. See ya. Wrapping up another episode. And I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me at Micah Folsom Fit so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. 
Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.